This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. As we all know, there are way too many rules in the great game. Nick, today we endeavor to eliminate three of those. Um, I love that... Nick rules is just is just not enough. Either it's not enough, or it's just you're you're getting more and more mad every week with these stupid rules that exist in the game. Um, I can't it's a wait. Springboard. It's a it springboard. Is. It is. And I really thought about. I think I took a different approach to this than you did. So I'm excited to see how those two things line up. Um, but this is a good time. It's the middle of golf season. We've all been playing by stupid rules, breaking stupid rules playing with playing partners who are breaking stupid rules. So it's a good time to just open up this can of worms. Open it, we will. Before we get to it, I implore you to rate and review the podcast. New promotion with our friends at Piper Golf. Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, letting us know who will earn the most Ryder Cup points this fall in Rome. Nick, it's almost here. We only have a few events left. In the PGA Tour season, then it's the FedEx Cup playoffs, which I know you're stoked about, mm. and then a few more weeks, and it's the Ryder Cup. It's almost here. I can't believe your promotion is just glazing over the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, we've we've had a Masters promotion, we had a Tiger Woods promotion, U.S. Women's Open, Ryder Cup. It's like the FedEx Cup playoffs aren't even important. That's in the eye of the beholder, the beholder not being Jay Monahan. That brings us right to. The Handicap Report. It's brought to you by Blue Tees. Get the number one rangefinder, the 3 Max from Blue Tees. It's water-resistant pulse vibration. When you lock in on the correct target, it has a magnetic strip, so you can slap it on your cart. Save 10% when you use promo code TURN at checkout. That's TURN, T-U-R-N. For 10% off any product at Blue Tees, Blue Tees play different. So, Nick, I had a pretty exciting weekend. Yeah, you did. I said on the last podcast, I feel it. I feel like the possibility exists that I'm going to break par this year. Lo and behold, my next round out, I gutted out a one under 72. Glenavere East is a par 73. Mm. And I broke par. And Nick, I hate to be this guy, but I was um, obviously excited, but I walked away a little bit disappointed. Stop it. Um, I can't I can't express enough how well I hit the ball. It's probably my best ball striking round ever. I hit 14 greens. So I missed good. I missed 5 birdie putts that were 5 feet or shorter. Only one was a bad putt. The rest hit the hole and none of them just happened to go in. On the front nine, I had three putts for eagle inside of 20 feet. Oh my god. I did make one of those putts. I did three putt another one to sort of even it out. Um, but it was wild, man. I my my group was oblivious to what was happening, which was good. Really? I they they really were. I had a and I wasn't even the one keeping score. Um <laughs> we were playing Wolf, and that was mm-hmm. the focus of everybody. And I'm like, yeah. this is great. No one no one's gonna know what's going on. And so on 18, I put it in the right fairway. I have 95 yards away. There's trouble over the green. Short is fine. And I said, just just, just put it on the green. And I hit it. And I thought maybe I tugged it and it was a little bit long because the 
pin was in the shadows. Mm. I approached. It was four and a half feet away for birdie. And I finally turned to someone and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to break par today. I have to two putt this for par. I had a savage lip out for a 71 and I settled for a 72. So it was a great day. So you you missed the four and a half foot. I sure did. Okay, great. No, that's horseshoe. Horseshoe out. It it was a left to right putt. It hit the right lip and it horseshoed back to the left side. So a classic. I'm, I'm actually surprised knowing that you didn't have to make that putt that that didn't help you make that putt. I, you know what I mean? Again, like standing over thinking I have four, I have two putts from four and a half feet. I would have thought it would make you confident enough to just make a, a natural stroke and just, and just hold it. But, but yeah. I, I'm proud of you, Joe. That's, I was, I was really excited to see that. I opened up Twitter. You know, when like PGA tours get all, get all pissed off when they find out big news on Twitter, I found out the big news of this round on Twitter. And I was, I got to admit, I was a little bit like, huh. I know, like, you're not one to, like, brag about a good round, like, first thing, like, text me, um, even though when I, like, flirt with breaking 90, the first thing I do is send you a picture of my scorecard. Um, but, yeah, man, don't don't be humble. You should you should send that out as soon as soon as the round's over. So I was going to try to not say anything all week before we recorded and just unload this on you right now. But I was too excited about Ricky Fowler winning because mm. I had picked him to win. Thank God that I'm inching back to par on the power fade picks that I do on Instagram. And I thought, you know what? This is a great day for golf. Ricky won. I broke par. The game is growing right before our eyes. And I had to put it out there on Twitter. And um, yeah, I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad you saw it. So did you get a, um, when it comes to the handicap report, did you get, I forget, I forget what it's called because it's been so long like since this has happened to me. outstanding round or whatever. It, it, it's called like something really complimentary, like yeah. outstanding round adjustment. Uh, did you get one of those? You know, I didn't actually because really? Glendivere, Glendivere East is a, a weirdly rated golf course. From the white, it is like a 67 and the slope is like 118, but the other course, the West course, which is easier actually has a harder rate. Anyway, that's not important. So okay. the the important thing is the differential of that round was a 5.0. So okay, my so handicap- five strokes better than your handicap. It's got to be, I think, seven to get that outstanding round adjustment. It does. So a few more short putts than I would have gotten it. But the important mm-hmm. thing is I'm at a 9.1 for my handicap. So are you surprised? It didn't a- wait. What it ding, ding you like like a half a just over a half a point? So I was at nine eight and it went down to nine one. Um, so seven tenths. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. There's a lot of eighty sixes on this, gonna, on, on this card ch- right now. I thought you were gonna check in and be like, now all of a sudden I'm a three point two. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so I'm a nine point one. I'm uh, making an ill advised decision to play in a uh, Stone Creek Men's Club Major Tournament tomorrow morning. Um, I have to tee off at 7.52, which is really unfortunate because I have to be up late the night before. But anyway, I digress. Mm. The headline is, I managed to break par. I'm a 9.1. That is my handicap report. Nick, I pass the baton to you. Okay. Um, I talk a lot during the handicap report about just wanting to go into the last couple holes with a chance to break 90. Uh-huh. And the, my last round, I didn't even... I didn't even realize this until I was in the 18th fairway, but I went into 17 needing par par to shoot 89. I hit the 17th green regulation. I did three putt it. That's okay. It was my first three putt in like three rounds. It's fine. It happens. Okay. Statistically, sure. it's, it's going to happen. It's cool. Um, 
I I I hit a five wood two hundred and thirty yards into the fairway on eighteen, and I looked I looked at my watch, and it said I was plus twenty, and it's a par it's par seventy course, and I was like, oh, if I if I would have made par on the last two holes, I would um, break ninety. I didn't I, I didn't make a good score on the last hole. But this all comes back to the fact that this round I was playing the white tees at Country View, which I haven't done since handicap season started. And the reason for that is because I get five strokes more towards my handicap when I play the blues compared to when mm. I play the whites. And there's it's one of those courses on like 15 holes. They're like right. They're on the same patch of grass. The blues are just like 10 yards farther back. And then on four holes, they're like, 50 yards back like you have to like park your bag like grab your driver take a walk so it's really not like those five strokes like distance is not what's holding me back so i i I make up you know those five strokes it's it's better for my handicap to play the blues is what i'm trying to say but on this round when i was standing on the 18th fairway realizing i i would have had a chance to break 90 if maybe i would have been a little more focused i was like this round was so much more fun from the whites i was hitting the ball better than i've hit it in a long time um but i'm like i shouldn't play the blues and have less fun chasing a handicap and then it really got me thinking like i shot i shot 93 so yes do the math i made a triple on the last hole it's no big deal <laughs> but my differential was like 29 and i'm like why am i chasing a differential why don't I just have fun? Why am yeah. I even keeping a handicap? My handicap went up to 23.1. I only use my handicap two days a year. It's during the Quarantico Open. Yes, of course, I like to track my progress and my improvement, but I've got strokes gained on my shot scope watch for that. I can play the same course and look at the scorecard and say, did I get better or worse? So why am I keeping my handicap? That's my handicap report. Like I'm, I'm chasing a goal of improvement when I've got 1000 other metrics to show my improvement. I don't know. What, what do you think? Do I need to be keeping a handicap? The answer is yes, but I think we need to be a lot less focused on it. Um, I think it's important for us to have a handicap report to keep each other honest, but I had the same reaction with my round because we played the whites. I usually play the blue or the black for the same reason, because it's better for my handicap. If I shoot, a 75 from the black as opposed to a 72 from the white. Although, and I'm just you know going to interject a blanket statement. Yeah, please. If, if, if you hit the ball more than 240 yards, like you get more value per the handicap rating from playing the farther back tees, but that doesn't make the game more fun. Go ahead. Right. For sure. Because the group that I played with, they're all 15 or higher when I had this most recent round. And to force everyone to play back tees, they're not going to have fun. Then it puts more pressure on me to play well, to justify everyone playing from those back tees. And playing from the white was a lot more fun. As a matter of fact, I thought part of the reason why I signed up for this uh, men's club event tomorrow is because I thought I was going to be in the white flight, but I have to play the blue, which is a little bit unfortunate because the course is a lot harder from the blue. But I think I agree with your overall sentiment. Play the white. Don't care about the handicap, but keep about a handy or but keep a handicap, right? It doesn't need to be what we live and die with, but it is an important barometer of how you're playing because I was playing bad early in the season and my handicap went up to double digits. And my last couple of rounds that I posted had been good. And now I'm back to a 9.1. So it playing golf well will take care of the handicap, regardless of what tees you're from. Yeah, it it it's true. It's true. I think you're right. I think 
I know not to put too much emphasis on the handicap, but it's just I just can't help but do it anyways. Um, I, I'll try to put more emphasis on like my strokes gained. Like I, I I use shot scope, I track all that stuff, I compare myself to a fifteen handicap in this round I just played. In three out of the four facets of the game, I gained strokes on a yeah. fifteen handicap, including off the tee, which was great because I felt like I I drove the ball really really well, and I gained strokes on a fifteen handicap off the tee, which was great. My approach game is atrocious that's fine but i can i can just spend put a ton of emphasis on that and hopefully improve a little bit and, and get better but I, I i need to stop worrying about my handicap because at country view i think I've, i don't know if i've mentioned it on this podcast before there's out of bounds on the left side on all nine holes in the back nine and on what? four holes on the front uh there's out of bounds either long or right i would have to shoot like 83 from the whites to actually like improve my handicap and like i'd love my goal is still to break 80 um, on my best day. That doesn't mean I'm going to like average an 83 every time I go out there and play. It's probably just not going to happen. So whatever it is, what it is, I guess. Yeah, I think, Basically, I think ultimately to sum it all up handicaps are stupid. The handicap report is stupid. I, I, I'm I'll, I'll completely change my tune. If I actually get back to where I should be, which is like in the mid to high teens, if you if you shoot an eighty, you're gonna want to do a thirty minute handicap report next week. That is the handicap report. It's brought to you by Blue Tees. Use promo code Turn at checkout. Blue Tees play different. Nick, before we get to three golf rules, we no longer need. You wanted to talk about getting kiddos out to the golf course. Yeah. So you recently took uh, Lacey's nephew. Your basically your nephew, as you described. Essentially, my nephew. It's, yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. okay. To the golf course, I think he's six years old. I watched Correct. your your course review on Instagram, and Gavin loves so for for context. Gavin's two and a half. He's got a golf club. He loves going in the backyard and hitting golf balls. Um, and I was just curious your experience. I'm obviously not anywhere close to bringing him to the golf course yet. He needs to be out of diapers. So probably the first the first uh, <laughs> next checklist. But I was curious your experience bringing someone to the golf course for the first time as a youngster. Uh, what you, if you think that age range around six is appropriate, the course selection, what things you noticed uh, about the experience, just kind of give me the, I don't know, two or three minute overview of, of what that was like. Yeah. So first the kid has really taken to golf, probably around the same age uh, Gavin is now. He was really fixated on it when he would come over and I would just have like the John Deere classic on in the background. He would like laser in on the TV and a lot of that has to do because I think kids at that age, just whenever they see a screen, they're just like a zombie and they look towards it that way. Um, but the other part of it is he really enjoys just being outside and actually swinging a golf club. So we knew he had an interest right away. So I got him golf clubs a couple years ago that were way too long for him. He's close to being tall enough to actually use them properly now, which is nice. So the course itself, the children's course, this is a first tee associated golf course. So there's camps everywhere. It's a nine-hole course. It's a par three. They have power carts. The longest hole is something like 120 yards from, I think, the forward tees. The greens are in immaculate shape. They do such a good job out there. So we could not have – it's literally called the children's course. Like, it's identified as the Campbell course now because the Campbells are the ones that own it. But it is the children's course. So it is specific intent is for someone th something like this situation, a six-year-old to go out for the first time. My fear was, and we had talked about this, I, I think mostly off pod, but a little bit on, 
my fear was that he was going to have a bad experience and this was going to scar him and his view towards golf his entire life. Just ruin golf for him completely. Exactly. And yeah. so my only goal was let's find a way to make this fun. First couple of holes were a little bit rough. Then he hits one on the button and he's freaking out and he's excited. And what we discovered was, and I probably should have figured this out sooner, the one club that fits him is like the pitching wedge. So he was hitting that like a little monster, um, just absolutely just raking it and having a great time. And we get to like the ninth hole. It's gone very well. He's figured out putting. He's figured out chipping. He's having a good day. We finish up and he asks if we can play more. And I was yeah, so excited wow. to hear that. Aunt Lacey absolutely did not want to play more. So we did not play more. We opted for it's, ice cream, which won everybody over. It's better to keep him wanting more than like yes. playing more. And then two holes in be like, this was stupid. I, I just want to go home. That, that's the right move. So there was the putting green. We decided for a quick putting contest and then off to Burgerville for some milkshakes and cheeseburgers, which ended up working out great. But you're right. It left him wanting more. He was satiated, but now he's gone to the golf course and we're going to take him again probably later on this summer. The coolest thing about this course, Nick, is even though it's a par three, they have power carts. So you can bring like, you know, he has a little sister and, you know, God, God love her. She's a lunatic. She'll just she's like four and running around and like beating the shit out of him constantly. But she could come in the cart and just kind of run around the golf course. And it it really fosters this sort of like adult beginner and kiddo atmosphere in a unique way. But I would say it's sort of apart from that. I think any sort of par three course that you can find a pitch and putt mm -hmm. is obviously the place you want to start because it's less serious, less pressure on you. You wouldn't feel like, oh, I have to keep this kid moving. It's like, no, you can just drop some balls in the fairway, let him hit him, get in the cart and just keep moving. It's sort of like your entree into all of this. Okay. Good to know. I think um, there, there's a par three course that's, that's not far from us. 10 mm. minutes um <clears throat> so that probably be the place i would take gavin probably wait like i said i don't even know about next summer i think probably the summer after yeah. that when he can definitely like be outside focusing on one thing for probably two hours yeah i, I mean i i think that's the thing is just being able to maintain the focus because like you said he's what he's two and a half yeah yeah that's that's awfully young. I know you got the itch. I know you want him to get out there. And obviously, yeah, well, he's I an don't want it to. I don't want it to be yeah. a bad experience for me either. Because like, I get right. out there and he starts running around and <laughs> beating things with his golf clubs. Yeah, like, I'm never going to want to take him back either. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a little bit for dad. It's mostly for the kiddo. But yeah, I would say a year or two, you're probably good to go once you get like four and above. It seems like mm -hmm. the right age because. I would say this, if we took Carson last year, he would have been absolutely fine as like a, like, like a four and a half, five-year-old, it would have okay. been fine. We, it just never worked out. Um, but you know, we took him to the range last summer and that was good. Maybe that's where you start him off. Oh, yeah. Um, is he a Southpaw? He is. Oh man. Ashley hasn't tried to like do training to get that out of him. Um, no. So he's either way with like writing and stuff, but every time he swings a baseball bat and swings a golf club, it's, it's always lefty. So <sighs> good for you I, that's exciting he'll have no shortage of, of like homemade golf clubs from dad like i've got a whole like club building studio i can yeah I can shafts i can swap heads like all that stuff so um yeah i'll have fun building some golf clubs gavin is on his way it's gonna be good man are you ready to eliminate some rules from the game of golf <laughs> yeah let's do it so i approach this as three golf rules we just don't need unnecessary we all know there's so many rules 
most of which hurt the amateur golfer. I'm going to get rid of three of those. Are you, are you doing the same thing here? Um, Kind of, for the most part. I, I, okay. I, I veered off a little at the end, but that's okay. Okay. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, I think you should. I think <laughs> okay, you should great. set the tone here. Okay. First one. I've never understood this. Amateurs do it all the time. If you want to see someone who doesn't know what they're doing on a golf course, it's so easy to separate someone from a rule follower and a person who just kind of does their own thing. Grounding a club in a bunker, taking a practice swing in a bunker. I think this needs to be eliminated. I think you should be able to ground your club. I think you should be able to take practice swings. You certainly can't improve your lie. It's just like everywhere else on the golf course, right? You should be able to ground your club. You should be able to take a practice swing. I was surprised, maybe not surprised, but we've done this in the penalty area where you can ground your club now. I think we need to move this over to the bunkers. It's time. Well, the the thing that goes along with this is especially like this impacts recreational players like you and me more than anybody else because the courses we play, yeah, the sand is so different from one bunker to the next. Yes. Even at Country View, the fourth hole, there is a, a runway up to the green and there's a bunker on the left and a bunker on the right. And the bunker on the left, the sand is as dark as wood and the bunker on the right, the sand is as bright as the sun. And I'm like, <laughs> Looking at my playing partner, he's like, oh, you don't want to be in the bunker. And I'm like, no, you don't want to be in any of these bunkers because from one to the next, they are so different. So like the PGA Tour, all, all the sand is the same within the course and probably from all the courses for the entire season. Yeah. The sand is probably not much different. So they always know what they're going to get here. Like you don't know if it's going to be like completely packed underneath, if it's going to be fluffy. And we're not as good out of the bunkers anyways, which as you have stated, we should be. It shouldn't be that hard. But when you never know what you're going to get, you're going to get a different result every time. You're going to lack confidence in your stroke. It's just this domino effect. Like, let us take a couple practice swings in the bunker, test that sand out, and then see if we can hit a good shot. I think that's exactly right. And you make the good point that, yeah, PGA Tour players get consistent, the exact same conditions. We don't from bunker to bunker or even in different spots of the bunker. The actual yeah. lie could be different. So, Help us out. Let us take a practice swing. We should be able to ground our club, take a practice swing in a bunker. That's my first rule we got to get rid of, Nick. Okay. Mine, I'm taking I'm taking a much different approach than you. Okay. I, I'm taking the approach of I've been playing golf with random strangers for over a month now, mm-hmm. and I've been taking note of, of how they approach their round. And Have when, you? They br- when they break these rules, it only hurts the people who follow them. And the number one rule I see, I would be willing to say every single player I've played with breaks this rule several times per side. And most of them on every hole, most of them on pretty much every shot. That is play the ball as it lies. Mm. It is insane to me just how people casually walk up to their ball in the rough, in the fairway, wherever it is, on the fringe, just off the fringe, in the bunker, and just take their club and roll it to a nice lie sitting up. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, the first guy I saw do it, he had approached me before the round, and he was like, are you playing straight up? Like, what's your handicap? You know, like, these two guys I'm playing with just want to party, but I I take it serious. I'm like, yeah, that's great. You know, no mulligans, anything like that. 
15 minutes later he's just rolling his ball and everything else was 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 straight up and it's just like that rule doesn't apply and this is so common joe this is going to surprise you in the hemlock ridge (laughs) men's league that i played in it was baked in to the league rules that you can and should roll your ball to improve your lie it was actually like on a piece of paper or it was an implied rule it was written down on a piece of paper is the course that shitty where you have to do that so what are we doing exactly so i propose get out of the northeast i propose just blowing this rule up completely removing it if everyone's gonna break this rule it's only making my 22.9 handicap go up to 23.1 because they're all all these people are probably the course raiders who are saying the course is so easy meanwhile i'm playing out of divots perfect example I hit a bomb into a par five. I had like 180 to carry over water, but I was in a little mm. bit of a divot, but I was hitting it so good. I felt confident I could get my five iron through that divot. Wow. And uh, right onto the green. Somehow, some way, I ended up hitting it into the water. And I'm like, <laughs> all these other jackasses would have just rolled it six inches right to a perfect lie and flushed it onto the green and had an eagle putt. That's so funny. It It, it is ironic because... Um, I played with, it is my mom's best friend's husband and my dad, probably like 25 years ago in Connecticut. And he did this. He would roll his ball onto a good lie. And like, I didn't really say anything, but I thought this shit's weird. And then I talked to my dad afterward and he's like, yeah, people just do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, People just do that. I don't do that. But people do that. And my dad, yeah. you know, played the best golf of his life in Connecticut. So maybe it's just like a regional thing, man. It's so strange to me. It was it's, odd when I saw it at the time. It's odd hearing about it now. I just don't quite understand why people think that that is part of golf because it's not. It's not. And the thing is, I was very close to throwing out a game like on the first mm. tee. Because, you know, I was meeting these guys. Hey, guys, I'm going to be your fourth. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. cool. They seem chill. Like have a couple beers, like looking to have fun. You could tell they were decent enough golfers. And I was like, that might be fun. But I didn't do it because the last time I did that, we were doing four ball match play and there was four different versions of four ball match play because nobody actually knew what it was. And I was like, I'm not going to just sit here to explain these rules to people. So I'm just not going to do it. And then I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't do that because number one, they're improving their lie. Number two, nobody makes a putt from, from inside three feet. Everybody just... Just does the casual walk like a cane, you know, hits it in stride and then just picks (laughs) it up. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? So you can't you can't you can't have games with strangers in the golf course because they're just going to break rules and think that it's no big deal. Well, last thing on the play, it is it lies. I always find that philosophy so interesting that like, well, you have to move the ball because I got unlucky. But like. When your ball hits a tree and it bounces back in the fairway, it's not like you're taking your ball and putting it in the rough. You're going to get good breaks and you're going to get bad breaks. And that's just part of the game. There's an element of luck involved with it. And it usually evens out. But sometimes you're going to be in divots and sometimes your ball is going to hit a tree and it's going to jettison back in the fairway. And it's not going to be out of bounds, which brings (laughs) me to my next rule, Nick. (laughs) Okay. OB. Now. I've gone on this rant before, but it's been a little while, so I think it's time again. The thing that slows down golf 
more than anything else, is someone looking for their ball, right? They think it may be out of bounds. They think it may be in a hazard. Out of bounds is overly penal, slows the game down, and should not be more strokes to the detriment of the golfer than the hazard. The idea that there is a enormous penalty compared to hitting in the water is unreasonable. In addition to it being too much of a penalty, I also think that it really impacts the psyche of a golfer in such a negative way. Because if you have a hazard, you're going to hit it in there, you're going to take your stroke, you're going to play it up. But out of bounds, you have to re-hit the ball from the original spot with a penalty and then hitting your next shot. I also think people are confused by how out-of-bounds works. I think the average golfer doesn't know what they're supposed to do. How often in the course of a round, when you're just playing with your friends, does someone hit a provisional? It never happens. All you do is you walk up there and say, oh, I'm going to take my stroke. People play it as a hazard anyway, so just have it be a hazard. I think the out-of-bounds rule is at once confusing, and also people pretend like they don't know what the actual rule is because it is such a penalty. If you hit a ball out of bounds, the best you're going to do is making a double on the hole. You have to birdie your second ball just to make a bogey. So it really is incredibly penal. People pretend they don't know the rule, and it sucks up time. It's true. I actually had a round, you're going to be surprised by this, recently, uh, a couple months ago. Country View? I I made, at Country View, I made two double bogeys with out of bounds twice mm. i hit out of bounds and made par with my second ball i was so proud i don't think i made any pars on my first ball all day um but also the the thing that that would do is it would make golf more fun because not yes. only is hitting out of bounds not fun but like all these holes that i'm hitting like five iron and five wood off the tee because there's out of bounds there and i just don't want to hit out of bounds I would be more than happy to smash driver. And if it goes out, it's just one stroke. And it's like, oh, well, you know, the risk reward might be there. Whereas at two strokes, it's not there at all. So it would, it would encourage people to play more aggressive, to have more fun. And and that would probably take less time in itself. Because if I, if I'm dinking and dunking irons out there off the tee on seven out of these nine holes, like that's going to take a lot longer than if I drive it 20 yards short of the green and, and get up and down and take my birdie and walk away. Nick, you're really traumatized by Country View. You got to get the hell off that golf course. I know. I'm actually. I actually spent an hour last night um, shopping shopping courses around me. I think I'm gonna. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. From here on out, I'm gonna play half my rounds at other courses and just see what else is out there that that might be better for my my mental health. Is Crystal Lake in the running? It is, but is it's, it expensive? It's not necessarily expensive. It's a little more expensive. It's a little farther away location-wise. And it's it's always like half the people that I play with at Country View are like, we couldn't get a tea time at Crystal Lake. And like the last thing I want is to drive farther oh. and play a longer round. And you know what yeah. I mean? So I think that's the thing. It's like kind of the nice public course in the area. And so everyone, and it's, it's reasonably priced. So it's just always packed. That's too bad. Well, I look forward to hearing more about your journey. Yeah. Um, okay. My next is it my turn? I think it is my turn. It is your turn. This is this is a ridiculous rule that just it's it's just completely out of left field. Most people don't even know it's a rule, and why should you? Rule five point three a. If you're not familiar, when to start your round, you must start your round at and not before 
your starting time or after. I'm going to leave the afters out because late is different than before. Must not start your round before your starting time. Penalty for breach of rule 5.3a. Disqualification. (laughs) Except in these cases, you arrive at a starting point ready to play no more than five minutes late. You start no more than five minutes early. The general penalty is applied to your first hole. Joe, if you make a tee time for 9.06 a.m. and you tee off at 9 a.m. because nobody had the 8.50 tee time, you are disqualified. (laughs) More than five minutes early, you are disqualified. What does that even mean if you're playing a a casual round? Say like you, me, Gilmore, and Bill are playing at U of I. You tee off six minutes early. I tee off five minutes early. What? I get I get a two stroke penalty and and you're disqualified and I take all the skins. What does this even mean? Well, it's an interesting example, but there's no way that we're teeing off early if Gilmore's in our foursome. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. So this this actually happens at Stone Creek where they will wait. Like even if the fairway is clear, the starter will be out there with you. So we teed off at three fifty nine yesterday, and at three fifty seven. The fairway was clear. We could have gone, but we were not allowed to tee off until 3.59. And I understand that because they are trying to have a 10-minute gap to start in order to maintain pace of play. And that right. way they can understand, are these people playing slow now? And it's not like, okay, well, this group was six minutes. This group was 10 minutes. This group was 12 minutes. And then you can't really judge on the third hole if people are where they're supposed to be based on when, when they started at the beginning of the round. Yeah. So and if I, I do understand that. If there are people in the group ahead of you, absolutely. If 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 the tea time before yours was not – I mean, this is obviously for tournament play, but it's – Right. But rules of golf don't differentiate yeah. tournament play from casual play, right? Like any hand, any round you post your handicap That's for, right. this should technically apply to. So I don't know. I just feel like this is one we could easily get rid of. I've been DQ'd a lot. I'll just put it that way. I, they, they just give me the ticket in the pro shop. I go to the tee. If no one's there, I hit. It's as simple it, as that. Exactly. And and I will just stipulate that this also applies and probably is more for being late. If you're more than five minutes late, you're disqualified. It's early or late. And if you are late, but by less than five minutes, it's a two-stroke penalty. Wow. Disqualification. Be careful out there. Just wait for your tee time, okay? Don't be eager. I did not think that this would be, this is my third one. I did not think this would be something that I would be on board with as recently as a year ago. We don't need pants. We don't need pants on the PGA Tour. Let them wear shorts. This is the one thing that Liv has normalized for me. I have no problem with Cam Smith rocking shorts and high socks. It, 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 it makes absolutely no difference. College tournaments, it looks completely normal. There's no reason why we can't have shorts on the PGA Tour. Maybe the Masters, maybe the British Open, we maintain pants. But it's, you know, 100 degrees in Illinois in August. These guys don't need to be wearing pants. Get them out there in shorts. I think it's normal enough now. I don't I don't have any issue with guys wearing shorts on the PGA Tour. Nick, do you care at all? I have to assume you don't. No, I don't care. And then you get you get the junior golfers, like the the 15, 16-year-olds who think they're going to be on the tour some days. So they're out there wearing pants on like 100-degree days, and you're like – they're because they're prepping for the tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't even consider this a, a rule of golf. This is a, this is specific to the PGA Tour. There's there's one t- 
governing body of golf that that will never govern the way I play golf um, that doesn't let its players <laughs> wear shorts. Uh, it, it doesn't affect me. I don't care. It's not a rule of golf as far as I'm concerned. But but you're right. It's it's unnecessary. It's okay to evolve. If golf wants to talk about evolving, let players wear shorts when it's hot out. It's it's not a big deal. You know who's been doing it for a long time? The LPGA Tour. And that looks normal, too. Like, just leave it alone. If it's cold, wear pants. If it's hot, wear shorts. That's what we all do. Yeah. Let pros do that as well. I don't let the person getting dressed decide how they want to dress. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds right. All right, Nick, what's your third one? Okay. It kind of ties in to your OB rant. Um, but let's just... Let's just take all the penalties in in the entire rule book, okay? Mm. Make them all a one-stroke penalty. And in the instances where it involves your ball being out of play or needing to move your ball, just have the lateral drop or back on the line options. Every, whether it's out of bounds, whether it's an unplayable lie, whether it's a hazard, it doesn't matter. Whether it's in a gopher hole, Everything should just be one stroke penalty and you've got two relief options back on the line or lateral. Just make I love it that. simple. And this is just for, just for the sake of, like you said, people pretending they don't understand the rules they don't like or right. actually not knowing what the rule is. It's just like, Hey man, if you need to pick up your ball and move it, it's a one stroke penalty. And these are your options of where you can move it. Give people some consistency. So the rules are digestible. The idea that, People who are like professional golf commentators, professional golfers, that their rules are so specific and baked into like minutia and different situations, just make it a one-shot penalty everywhere. I love this idea. Keeps it simpler. For the pros, do what you want. But for the rest of us, make the game simple. One-shot penalty across the board. I completely yep. agree. Like yep. out of bounds technically is a one-shot penalty. But because you have to re-tee from the exact spot you hit, it is, in essence, a two-shot penalty because you don't get the distance of the shot that you've played. So I agree. One shot, make everything consistent, make the game easier. We'll have more fun. We'll play faster. Yes. Okay. So my three rules, once again, you uh, should be allowed to ground a club in a bunker or take a practice swing. Out of bounds should no longer exist. It should all be hazard. And please, for the love of God, allow pros to wear shorts when it's hot. We've evolved. Nick, what are your three? Got to get rid of play it as it lies. You're only punishing the rule followers. Rule 5.3a, I can't stand it. I don't want to be disqualified for teeing off six minutes early. And Everything, a one-stroke penalty, lost ball, out of bounds, penalty area, doesn't matter. One stroke, lateral hazard, back on the line. Those are your options. Did you consult the West Texas Golf Association rulebook when reviewing any of these? I didn't, but I, 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 you know, I probably should have. I'm sure there's a lot of rules about rocks and, and tree roots in there. Cacti? Do they have cacti in Texas? Maybe they don't. West Texas? Probably. Yeah, that's desert out there. Yeah. Okay. It is time for the Mad Golfer of the Week, brought to you by Piper Golf. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout for 10% off everything at Piper.Golf. Golf balls for plus ones and 25s for much, much less than a Titleist or Callaway. The season is here. Stock up using promo code TURN10 at checkout at Piper.Golf. We go to Harrisville, Rhode Island, Country View Golf Club, mm. home of Nick Heidelberger 
and a lot of the cheaters in the Northeast. (laughs) We have we have two mad golfers. This one is Richard Tessier. Quote, I played in a league at Country View about eight years ago. I didn't care for it then because it was always poorly maintained. I have to say nothing has changed. Still not a fan of the place. Does that sound right to you? Not really, to be honest. Oh. I mean, maybe maybe before, but they. I will say, I'll say a lot of things for Country View. People hmm. are great. They, they work there. They are putting a lot of effort into course maintenance. They're, they're oh. redoing some bunkers. They are watering things that need to be watered. Um, the course is in good shape, probably better than it's been in a long time, according to what the people I've been playing with say. People say, I, I, I played here 10 years ago. Um, it's in way better shape now. Honestly, if they would just make like three quarters of their out of bounds, just just hazard, it would it would solve all the problems. Again, it goes back to only issue with it. Make it hazard. If those OBs were hazard, what do you think your handicap would be right now? I mean, it's twenty three point one. It would probably be twenty two point nine. There Actually, you go. No, that, See, that, that's not true. It would be it would be a little better because yeah, like I said, I'd be hitting driver more. And like there was quite a long time where I was going OB on like five holes around. Like I was like five or six was the barometer. It was just Joe. Do understand? Like, five <laughs> yards left of the fairway is out of bounds. It's so. And then I gotta say also, since since we're on the subject, <laughs> this is the rare time we're on the subject. The right is not really an option either because it's it's all tree line. So you you don't you can't just blow it right and then have a shot into the green. It's it's an automatic punch out if you just blow it right. How does anyone shoot under eighty a country view? It sounds like the hardest golf course in the world. All right, we have we I have one more. Things. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm Please. gonna Please for the at the turn Instagram and threads, I'm going Please. to take a picture on the T box. Of all nine holes on the back nine, the next time I play this course, and I'm just going to post them on a, on a carousel on Instagram, and I'm going to post them on Threads in a thread. How does that all right. sound? Uh, it sounds great. I'm I'm, I'm going to pause the Mad Golfer of the week. I'm going to sit in my rocking chair with my glass of sweet tea. Yes. I'm going to rock back and forth while you explain to me what is Threads. Explain Threads to me because I see it on Twitter. Hmm. I don't understand it. Give me give me a minute rundown of what the hell this is. Threads is. Instagram's version of Twitter. You, you you download the app, you log in, it just takes all your Instagram username, your followers, and you it, it's and it's Twitter run by Instagram, which is run by Facebook. Um that that's what it is. It's just a replacement for Twitter because Twitter is off the off the rails right now. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I haven't tried to sign up for threads because it sounds like it's no. it's you, you, gonna... you need to you need to be on thread. I mean, I'm on threads. If I'm on threads, then, then you should be on threads. All I see is everyone saying how dumb it is and how it's like counterintuitive and oh, it's just like oh, a worse app. Oh, the algorithm that Twitter is feeding you is is people saying how dumb threads is. Whoa. I mean, it's people I follow. It's 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 okay. Blazer Twitter people. So I actually don't follow that many people. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the mad okay. golfer of the week. We'll see how threads does the next couple of weeks. <laughs> This is Joey Barton. We're still at Country View Golf Club. Mm. There is out of bounds. No, Joe, Joey says. None of the righties care about the out of bounds. That's the problem. Because they're all slicing it. Here's exactly. Joey. Loud construction equipment running during peak hours. Groundskeeper was mowing next to us while teeing off. Then at the green while putting. Then again at the next tee. Difficult to concentrate today. <laughs> Disappointing. So Joey hates 
that the grounds crew is doing their work while he's trying to make a complaining the course is, is not maintained. The other guy is complaining that they're maintaining the course. They can't win at Country View. Congrats, Richard and Joey. You are our Mad Golfers of the Week. And with that, it is now time for Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. All right, Joe, we're going to take a a little bit deeper dive into the official Mm. play it as it lies rule and the exceptions. Um, So improving your situation, you're not allowed to roll your ball in the fairway. You're not allowed to. No. Take out those little branches and twigs and in the back in the in your backswing, like disassemble a, a tree limb um, to give yourself a a clearer swing. Uh, but there are exceptions, okay? Okay. If your ball is embedded, mm. you get you in its own pitch mark in the fairway or the rough, you do get free relief. Now, just for the people playing Country View and apparently all the other New Englanders out there, like. Your ball can't be embedded in like just a a divot or like a lie you don't like. Embedded means like it has broken the surface of the earth and it is sitting in that. Okay, so I don't want to hear like, oh, my ball was embedded in this like in this like bare patch of dirt right here. Like, no, that's not not what we're talking about here. But if it's embedded, you get relief. Um, On the tee. When beginning a hole, a player may improve the ground on which the ball is teed. Mm. So yeah. you may place the ball on a tee anywhere in the teeing area, and you may remove weeds, press down the grass on or around the tee, wipe away loose impediments. And if the ball falls off the tee, even if you hit it with your club inadvertently, you can re-tee without penalty. The Zach Johnson rule. And then it's also the Laura Zach Davies rule because she's smacking the turf putting the ball on top of it and hitting driver off the deck like a badass. Yeah, I think I think they refer to that as an earth tee. And I, I've mm-hmm. seen some players do that where you just like create a, a divot and like kind of lift that lift it up and yeah, yeah. use the earth get tea. a nice uphill lie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Country View, everyone in the Northeast, please just play it as it lies. Just, and, just play and it as it lies. Until the USG listens to this and changes the rule, you're just going to have to play it as it lies. And that is Nick Rules. Now, I don't know if the listener can tell. Probably not. But I'm operating at about a 5 out of 10 right now. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. Um, I'm trying to chug coffee, but it's gotten to the point where it's not waking me up anymore. It's just making me super jittery. Um, so that's where I am with things. Welcome Nick, to my life, buddy. I was going to say, I, I, I feel like this is this is where you've been for the last two and a half years. So we got the British Open next week. Can I get your 20 seconds on Big Dick Rick being back? Um, <clears throat> I mean, the biggest thing it means for me is if, if Ricky Fowler is anywhere near the leaderboard on the front page, it means I have more of a green light to watch golf because um, mm. other people in my household are, are a fan of him. Whereas if he's not on there, there's no reason I would have golf on in the living room. Um, do I think he's actually back? I mean, you know, he's back like Keegan Bradley's back. Like, I don't think he's going to win a major, but I think that, like, you know, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top 25. God, what a shit talker. Unbelievable. He's back like Keegan Bradley is back. That's the meanest thing anyone's ever said. Keegan Bradley is probably top 20 in the world right now. I'm going to look this up. That's unbelievable. What a slander yeah, like, statement. <laughs> at who? At Ricky or Keegan? I'm a Keegan Everybody. fan, man. No, I Keegan think Keegan is Bradley in is- the world. Yeah, he's he's back, but he's not like 
John Rom. He's not like when, when Tiger won the Masters and it was like Tiger's back. It's not, it's not like that. Like Ricky is back to being like a person who's probably going to make the cut, whereas there was a lot of years oh where God. he wasn't going to make the cut. Look, Keegan and Ricky are probably both Ryder Cuppers this year, and Justin yeah. Thomas is probably not going to be a Ryder Cupper. So I would rather be those guys right now than I would JT, who's in a downward exactly. spiral. I, I, I We're saying the same thing. <laughs> are we? Okay. Well, we're going to have our Open Championship preview next week. Nick, I have um, spent way too much time harassing journalists in, in, in England, and surprisingly none have responded so far to my pleas. Uh, either way... Uh, it, it is. Either way, we're going to have a very fun preview next week of the British Open. And like Nick said, somehow we're just halfway through golf season. Um, I kind of I kind of just want to stop at a 9.1 and, and, and try again in 2024. But I'm going to continue to play golf for some reason. We hope you do too. Nick, Godspeed going out there and not worrying about your handicap. Just trying to enjoy yourself as much as possible while also adhering to the rules of golf in terms of where the ball lies. That's all I'm going to do. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at the turn. 